0: will be known as X-Force. Isn't that a little derivative? You're absolutely right. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life in the shower and the blood starts pumping out on the streets the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from nine to five maximum effort nine to five what a Welcome back to Explain, the podcast for comics, film, TV, and more. You name it, we explain it. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is all about Deadpool 2. I saw the film yesterday, and I just wanted to put out this episode to give you my thoughts on it, because it was a heck of a fun time. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I got some notes here that I'm going to try and go through. In uh, sort of sequential order, but uh, overall, I just want to say it was just fun. Uh, I think with how deep and how um, soul-crushing Infinity War was, we really we needed a film like this where you could just sit back, get some popcorn, and have fun with a wacky character. Um, I'm gonna say right up front that this will be spoiler-filled. Um, For my spoiler-free review, it's fun, it's wacky, it's bigger than the first film, and you're going to have a great time with it. If you liked the first film, you're going to like a lot of this film. It's a very different film than the first one. The first one, I think, was more focused, while this one feels more like a quote-unquote superhero movie. But I think that overall, it's really a great time that you can sit back with and enjoy after being super depressed after the ending of Infinity War. So for spoiler free, that is your review. Everyone did great. I did have grievances with it, which I will get into in the spoilers. If you haven't seen the film yet, pause right here, go see the film, come back here, and we can start the discussion. Alright, so that is the little uh, pause for (laughs) dramatic effect to separate from the spoiler-free to the spoiler-filled so holy crap this movie was fun I had a really good time um, and I think the best place to start off is with Deadpool himself he was everything that he was in the first film and more he really sometimes you go from a sequel from the uh, from a first film that really establishes a character and you find that the sequel tends to change the character in some way some fundamental way Uh, in this film I think they stayed true to Deadpool's character and part of that was really his arc throughout the entire film he had a much more emotional arc than any of the trailers or any uh predictions I think would have come up with because he wasn't uh slapstick the entire time there was plenty of that but he also had like a really great emotional arc and he also this film centered around his idea of death how he really for most of the film was just kind of looking for a way to die and It starts off like really fun and action-packed and you know as fun as Deadpool should be with this great montage scene of him kind of going global and bringing his Merc with a mouth deal all over the world Uh, and it was paired up with Dolly Parton's 9 to 5 which we got at the uh, opening of this episode and I thought that was quite appropriate and I (laughs) uh, As a side note the soundtrack for this was absolutely incredible. I really every song that they used was fun was really well fit for the moment Uh, the use of thunderstruck at the uh, Helicopter scene where X-Force is about to jump out. was really well used and I even I really really Enjoyed the use of the acoustic live version of AHA's take on me uh, Near the end of the film. I have always loved that song every kind of iteration every cover every uh, remaster of the song I've really enjoyed and I Can't remember ever hearing this acoustic kind of unplugged version of the song and for the moment that it appeared in where he's saying, you know, goodbye to Vanessa it was it was poignant, and it really, like, it actually, it hit you right in the feels, and it got you, it, at least it got me a little teary-eyed, to be honest. But um, I guess that's our segue into talking about Vanessa. She dies uh, after Deadpool has his great little montage of him going around the world killing people. He comes home, and he has this really nice moment with Vanessa, and shortly after that, like, she is shot and killed by the gang member that he let get away, is classic Spider-Man storytelling, where he is basically responsible for the death of his loved one, of the person who gives him purpose. And I thought that was really interesting and a little, um, kind of a little interesting easter egg to their relationship because at least for the last couple decades uh, Spider-Man and Deadpool have run across each other multiple times and they've uh, Had a really interesting I guess is the word relationship. Um, They even have a comic right now uh, Deadpool and Spider-Man so if you like that kind of thing definitely check that out but I, I was surprised that they killed Vanessa because of all the time that they spent on Her and his relationship like the entire first movie was him going to rescue her and for her to get killed off i thought was really um at at the time i didn't like it i wasn't a fan of the idea i was like well you just essentially made the first the whole point of the first movie uh just kind of mean nothing so i was a little put off by that originally and um I think it turned around a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I really, um, I really was surprised and shocked, and that kind of set the tone for this idea of Deadpool really wanting to, uh, wanting to die, and this fascination with death, um, which kind of he essentially took from uh, from Thanos in the comics because. It wasn't really uh, touched on in Infinity War, but Thanos in the comics has this uh, idea of, like, he loves the personification of death. And death is actually personified in, like, physical form in the comics. And uh, there have been varying times where uh, both Deadpool and Thanos are kind of competing for her love and affection. So I thought that um, kind of making him... Essentially in love with this idea or so focused and obsessed on this idea of dying so that he can be reunited with Vanessa gave him a really interesting uh, pathos throughout the film and his um, His focus and his drive to die Was an interesting juxtaposition with the idea that he really can't die He will always regenerate in near the opening of the film he blows himself up along with his apartment and he's able to be stitched back together Uh, on another occasion he gets ripped in half and (laughs) uh, to kind of uh, mirror as well as uh, build upon the, uh, the first Deadpool where there's a scene where he uh, essentially cuts his hand off and it grows back into this little little baby hand Uh, There is a portion after he gets ripped in half where he has to regrow the bottom half of his body Um, I'm not sure why They didn't just kind of stitch him back together because it seemed like that's what happened uh, At the beginning when he blew himself up and then Colossus essentially brought him back to the X mansion but, um, I'm guessing narrative reasons, of course, because it's a film. And <laughs> there's this, like, really, um, really kind of interesting scene where he's back at Blind Al's house and he is essentially regrowing the bottom half of his body. So he's got this little baby, like, body, f- or baby legs and whatnot. And there's a moment where he does the, um, Oh, I can't, I can't remember the name of the movie, but he does like the uh, the cross leg and then crosses over to the other leg, and um, Basic Instinct, I think, is the name of that film, uh, and you see like a little little baby dick, and <laughs> the entire theater was like oh, because it's like you don't know how to react, because obviously it's funny, it's like a little raunchy humor, which Deadpool is really always known for. But it was also like we just kind of saw a baby dick, so I don't know if we're like allowed to laugh at that but (laughs) It was uh, it was it was a funny it was a funny moment and um, another just kind of building on uh, The first movie which I think this film focused on a lot of like let's do Some of the things some of like the greatest hits from the first film but build on them and make them bigger And I think that also was shown in the opening scene because in the opening yeah in the opening scene of uh, the first Deadpool you know it's very confined it's a car chase he's fighting in the uh, inside of an SUV and it's all kind of contained on this one highway where the opening to Deadpool 2 he is all over the world doing the exact same thing but in different countries so um I really I really think that he did a great job in this film showing emotional range and that really comes down to Ryan Reynolds and he is even he has said himself on multiple occasions he wants to <laughs> he would rather be remembered for his abs than his acting and I think that that's doing him an incredible disservice because in this film he shows more of an emotional range than you would typically find in a action comedy like this or even in most superhero films he can go from being dumb and slapstick and full of pop culture references to really like showing really like anguish and emotional depth like the scene immediately following uh, Vanessa getting killed you see him in this mode that you don't ever See him in for the rest of the film where he is just he's emotional. He's feeling rage he jumps out of the window and like chases this guy down and He catches him in the rain, and he's like screaming at him, and he's just so angry and then he hugs him and It's this moment of like oh, why is he hugging him? Why is he doing this and then they immediately get hit by a truck so you see that deadpool was holding him in the middle of a street so that they could get hit by a truck because not only would that kill the guy but it would essentially in his mind it would be committing suicide because he is he can't see himself he can't envision a life without vanessa and i thought that was a really like profound moment for him but his his whole arc of like trying trying to keep Vanessa safe, then trying to avenge her death, then trying to uh, basically kill himself to reunite with her, to him really discovering that family is not an F word and he can try and create this family around him And I thought that was really, really great and really um, unexpected because you look at Deadpool and you don't expect him to have a whole lot of emotional depth but I thought he was fantastic. Um, And then we will move right on to uh, the other breakout performance I thought was Cable. Josh Brolin is having a hell of a year right now. Uh, He went from playing the, essentially the big bad for Infinity War to the big bad for most of Deadpool 2. And between the two, I mean, Thanos is an amazing, amazing character and Josh Brolin gave such a depth to him that I don't think a whole lot of us were expecting, but for me, just with the amount of um, fun that you kind of got to see Josh Brolin having with Cable, whether Cable was being a badass, whether he was being uh, a little bit quippy near the end, and really, like, showing this tortured soul, I I really enjoyed Deadpool uh, m- Deadpool's character of Josh Brolin over Infinity Wars. I really liked Cable over Thanos. And I think that comes a lot down to the adaptation because this version of Cable is as true to the comics at his core that we could have ever hoped to ask for. Uh, I know a lot of people were kind of hoping that Stephen Lang was going to play Cable. Uh, he'd was essentially kind of the main antagonist in Avatar. He did a great job in a, a lot of films that he's been in where he's kind of been like the old badass. And I think it was really um unexpected for Josh Brolin to get the nod to get the cast. I myself was like, "Oh, I don't know if like that's going to be overexposure for him if I kind of see him playing both these roles, but he knocked it out of the park. Uh, He really kind of um, did a really great job in playing this character from the future who is no-nonsense. He is a badass through and through, and he is so focused on his mission that he will do whatever it takes to make it happen. And his mission is to kill this kid who has basically in Cable's future, as an adult, ruined his life. He killed his wife, he killed his daughter, who was named Hope, and I was so happy when he said his daughter's name was Hope. It just, it made my heart sing. But he was so focused and so intense, and so, like, almost Terminator-y, which they made a great little nod to it when uh, when Deadpool shouts something like, like, ease it off, Con- uh, John Connor, because he was, in the comics, he's essentially the John Connor character, though he kind of played more of a Terminator character here where with the cybernetics and, you know, <laughs> this his opening scene when he comes into the present where he basically takes out these two rednecks and steals their truck to get into town, I thought was hilarious. And I didn't even realize going back to it uh, that those rednecks were played by Alan Tudyk and Matt Damon. Matt Damon is just showing up in any Marvel property that he can, and I think that's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, because the uh, the the redneck that Matt Damon plays, I can kind of see the one that Alan Tudyk was playing because it shows his nose, and Alan Tudyk has a very prominent nose. Sorry, Alan Tudyk, I know he listens to the podcast. Of course, he has to. Uh, um, but, they did a wonderful makeup job on uh, Matt Damon because I didn't recognize him at all. So um, Cable, back to Cable, he was absolutely great. Um, I thought it was funny that they kind of mentioned how short he was, because Josh Brolin is only 5'11", and I say only being 5'5 myself, but I thought it was hilarious that... Cable this badass was so much shorter than Deadpool because I think Ryan Reynolds is like 6'1 6'2 so the height difference between them is um, just it's very obvious especially in this like shot near the end where they're all kind of standing in a line or in a half circle and he's standing right next to Deadpool and you can see that he is the shortest person there which I thought was hilarious. And it also, um, I thought really added to his character because he, he is someone who doesn't care about whether his challenges are bigger or smaller than him. He will complete his mission. And I thought that Josh Brolin brought to him this emotional depth and the moment where he talks about like, his wife and kids being killed his wife and kids singular being killed and like how he carries his daughter's teddy bear around with him was really like it made this character of cable as complete as the comics version and if you listen to the previous uh i think it was two episodes ago about um cable is episode completely dedicated to cable if you haven't listened to it go back check it out it's about an hour uh, i gave you the full rundown of cable from start to finish and he they simplified his backstory uh they didn't really bring up that he is the son of scott summers i don't know if they're even going to address that but they really narrowed it down they didn't even give his real name they just He was Cable. He was not Nathan Summers. He was just Cable, whose family was killed, so he came back from the future. And I was kind of surprised, but I understand why they did it, because they had to make sure that this was as truncated, like, a backstory as possible so that they could get right to the narrative. And I really, I enjoyed everything about him. I thought he was a perfect foil to Deadpool's kind of wacky guy and Deadpool is all over the place so Cable played a really great straight man to his uh, more zany counterpart and I'm looking forward to more of them I know I think uh, Cable's actor Deadpool Cable's actor Josh Brolin I'm getting all over the place uh, he said that he signed a four-film contract, so he's got three more films after this where I'm sure we're gonna get more into depth with him. Uh, and also someone who is bound to show up more often is Domino. Uh, I thought she was a standout. She really was everything that I could've wanted from Domino and more. Uh, her character's a little bit different from the comics. In the comics, she's like super, super intense and in this film Zazie Beats, who is a wonderful actress on her own, made Domino really kind of this laid back like doesn't really take things super seriously kind of character and I think that all comes down to her mutant ability, which is as she would put it, she's lucky she is able to, on a nerd level, able to manipulate um, probability around her though it's not per se something that she controls is just like a field around her and in the film it's presented as kind of this domino effect and oh that's that's clever huh um anyway like she her power shows her on multiple occasions in the film just being incredibly lucky and i thought the cinematography when it came to showing her power was really spot on they made a joke in the trailer where deadpool says you know Luck isn't a superpower, it's not even really that cinematic. And if you watch this film, you know that he is completely full of it because the just the um cinematic quality to her power was amazing. Um there's a scene where she's fighting uh these guards at the end in the um in the Essex Institute, which was a great callback to Mr. Sinister by the way, but I don't think it would be quite that because this was more of like a purifiers where they're like oh humanity not mutants mankind not mutant kind kind of thing but anyway that was a weird nerd um side conversation but like she's fighting these guards and you kind of see that like her luck goes a lot into her fighting where like somebody will trip on something they'll uh, they'll hit like um, they'll hit something else, and that thing will uh, domino effect into something else to kill another guy. Like it's almost like she she essentially has Final Destination powers. If you were familiar with any of those Final Destination movies, those are her powers, and it shows like a lot of things kind of happening around her. There's there's a great moment near that end where she's like, oh man, I'm gonna need a bus to get all these kids out, and a bus just comes flying through. The wall and she's like awesome great so uh, she was she was great I think I would have liked a little bit more of her Uh, she was really kind of confined to snarky comments and fight scenes which is fine which is great for an introduction to the character but I'm hoping in more films that she appears in that she gets a little bit more because I really wanted to see more of her I could honestly do a full go for a full film of just kind of her running around and um, things just ha- kind of happening, happening around her. And I think her likability factor comes really down to Zazie Beats and her amazing ability to be... She was very char- charismatic throughout the entire film. And her quips, she would, like, whenever something wrong would happen, she'd be like, you're doing great to Deadpool. And I thought it was hilarious that Deadpool in his kind of wacky mode is kind of is really well balanced by by domino being kind of like cool and calm and just like things are just gonna work out because that's just how they always do and again i think both cable and domino are great foils for deadpool i think that's why they work so well together as characters uh, another character that worked really well with Deadpool was Russell aka Firefist, which is objectively an awful name but I thought that the actor that they brought in for him I believe he was also in um oh I think the, I think it's hunt for the Wilder people but the uh, the New Zealand actor is hilarious. he's a great great comedic actor and I was uh, I actually was surprised at the amount that he got to swear which was uh, I guess it makes sense in Deadpool 2 and kind of being a kid growing up now where swearing is kind of commonplace even when you're younger but I really I enjoyed his growth and you could see he really sold the fact that he was a damaged kid who had been abused and he was lashing out because he didn't know any other way to react and I thought that Deadpool's journey and his arc to s- essentially save this kid from becoming this dark, twisted version of himself who ends up killing Cable's family was really great. And at the start of the film, uh, Deadpool kind of talks about, like, um, him and Vanessa want to have a kid, and they start talking about, you know, baby names and all this stuff. And he makes this comment about not wanting to be his father, which as. Um, as a comic book fan and as uh, someone who has not always had the greatest um, relationship with my own father, uh, it was really profound it really hit me and I was I was kind of interested in seeing how Deadpool would uh, kind of react to essentially kind of taking this kid under his wing and it shows right immediately that he doesn't want that responsibility when russell is immediately like yeah you're my friend we're gonna be a duo in um in prison and that's an awful new zealand accent and i apologize um deadpool is just like no i'm not your friend get away from me and he has to come around to this idea that like this kid needs him and so he did a fantastic job I thought all of his scenes especially when he's talking about the, uh, the prison pen was hilarious and all of his interactions with Deadpool and with the cast was really good and I thought um, him deciding to become friends with the biggest baddest person in the prison to kind of get his way was an interesting uh, route for him narratively and I guess this is a Good enough time to uh, talk about Juggernaut. Holy crap, Juggernaut! I was not expecting him to be in this film. I was really, um, I was really excited <laughs> uh, to see him. I uh, I knew they were teasing something big when they talked about, oh, it's you know, it's this biggest guy. He's in the maximum security prison, uh, and he, you know, was obviously like huge, and when he pokes his head out of his cell and you see that helmet i was i remember just like being giddy and just saying like oh man it's 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 gotta be juggernaut it's gotta be juggernaut and it ended up being juggernaut he was fun and i think that them keeping him a secret through the trailers was a really great touch because um not a lot of people like knew this was gonna happen so i thought that the build-up to him was also great where they talked about um oh he's the biggest baddest guy the reason that this place exists is basically for him and when they finally let him out and he his first order of business is to rip deadpool in half it immediately sets him up as a threat and uh, we do have to talk about the fact that he was an entirely CGI character, which I think was for me a little disappointing, but I understand why they had to make him that way because he had to be large and there's there isn't really anybody who could who is physically that size. Um, you look at, you know, this fight that he has with Colossus, which was incredible because Deadpool, like in his fourth wall breaking way, looks at the camera and goes like, oh, big CGI fight coming. And that's exactly what it is, is, uh, is Colossus fighting Juggernaut. Juggernaut dwarfs Colossus. Like, Colossus is easily almost half his size, and I loved watching them fight. It is like your generic CGI fight scene, so it's not, like, anything spectacular, but I thought the use of him was great. I loved the little uh, the nod to him being uh, Professor X's brother, and I read in the um, I read in the credits because the credits actually have Juggernaut playing himself. It has Juggernaut as himself, and I did some I did some digging, some research. Ryan Reynolds actually lends his voice to Juggernaut, and I thought it was great. It was a great touch, um, and I thought Juggernaut was really well serviced as just like this physical. Um, obstacle that they kind of have to overcome. And the way that they eventually overcome that is by joining up with the X-Men. Segway! And I thought the X-Men were well-utilized. I would have liked a little bit more of them, but narratively, with the story that they were crafting, I thought they were well-used. The bromance between Colossus and Deadpool is hilarious, from start to finish. Uh, Colossus is the personification of the good guy he is always there for deadpool he's a good friend to him deadpool even at a certain point says you know i haven't always been the best friend to you but you've always been the best friend to me um i think was great and i think it was interesting i don't know where they're going with this but i think it was interesting that um in the last scene with uh with vanessa deadpool is talking to her and you know when they're saying goodbye deadpool says you know don't fuck Elvis, and she says don't fuck Colossus, and Deadpool just goes what? and he gets pulled back um, because they have they have discussed that Deadpool is a pansexual character, uh, there's a great moment in the, uh, the opening montage where he is essentially uh, killing a bunch of people in a strip club wearing stripper heels, but I don't know where they're going with that because Colossus, outside of the Ultimate Universe isn't really known for being a gay character, so um, I I thought it was hilarious how Colossus is kind of like uh, I don't know about you you're weird but like you're my friend, and Deadpool has like um, he <laughs> he he has uh, personal space issues. Like there's a moment where he hugs Colossus and he just reaches down and just grabs his ass, and Colossus like moves his hand back up to his waist, but then Deadpool immediately puts it back down, and. Colossus was really well utilized in this film because you run the risk of him being kind of a one note character, and I think that what they did with him was kind of avoiding that. Uh, they gave him they gave him an arc where he, you know, he really wants Deadpool to succeed. He really wants him to be a good guy. He really wants him to be an X- man, but he also has this code. He has this code of being a good guy of justice and he will not let. Deadpool ruined that and then when Deadpool has to in the end go and try to recruit him he he's like he's done with Deadpool he has burned that bridge and he's not willing to do that and so when he comes back and he makes his triumphant return where he kind of essentially like saves Deadpool and he's holding Deadpool like bridal style and Deadpool is like stroking his face and like he's like you came for me and it really shows that they are a team and they are friends. And I really, I really dug that relationship. And I also really enjoyed uh, Deadpool's banter with Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Uh, she didn't get very much to do in the film, and I was a little sad by that. Um, most of her interactions were with her and her new girlfriend Yukio, which is kind of weird because Yukio is nothing like that in the comics. I think they used the character Surge and kind of just gave her Yukio's name because those, like, Yukio in the film kind of has Surge's powers. Uh, That's neither here nor there. Uh, Yukio was a fun character. She was just... I hate to say it, but she was, like, very uh, stereotypical, like, Asian-American, like, very happy, um, almost to an off-putting way where most of her dialogue was, like, Hey Wade! And like very, um, I don't know, just very happy and almost anime style. And it really, I think, actually uh, did a great job by kind of balancing out Megasonic Teenage Warheads really like goth girl cynicism and how she's always kind of like deadpan and like always flipping off Deadpool and being very like also kind of a straight man character. Um, she didn't get a whole lot to do in the film, which I like. Like I said already, I was kind of sad about. But what she did get to do, I was glad to see her. And she also had a hand in the mid-credit scene, which we will get to. But I enjoyed her a lot. And we cannot talk about the X-Men without talking about the cameo. So in in there's a scene in the X Mansion where um, Deadpool is talking about like, why is it always you too? in this mansion where is everybody he's like you would think that after how well the first film did that the studio could at least throw us a bone and show us at least one more x-man and then it the camera pans behind him and in this room you see the current x-men team you see james mcavoy's charles xavier you see um evan peters quicksilver you see nightcrawler you see beast you see uh cyclops and they all just kind of look out and they and beast gives this look he's like yeah we don't want any part of that so he like shuts the doors before Deadpool can like turn around and it's like oh man they, they're right there but I thought it was an amazing cameo it was really well done and they gave you exactly what they needed to do because this, this isn't an X-Men movie this is a Deadpool movie whether he ends up um, joining Deadpool or sorry excuse me uh, joining X-Men down the line it's unclear Uh, especially with all the studio stuff going on but I love the cameo and I love the use of the X-Men and kind of uh, jumping from team to team, uh, X-Force X-Force was a lot of fun Uh, they were not as prominently featured as I was uh, led to believe by the trailers though I think at this point looking at both Infinity War and now looking at Deadpool you can't trust a trailer anymore you cannot trust a trailer to tell you anything about this movie, because it will be completely different than than you are expecting it to be. Um, I think the team, all the actors there, were great. Uh, I thought that we didn't get enough time with them, but I think that was the point, to kind of show you, like, yeah, X-po- or, uh, X-Force is, like, a thing, but... You know, it's not the focus here. That's you know for the X Force movie down the line, which I know is uh, is coming. But we'll just have to see where that actually ends up, like showing up uh, in the scope of the movies. But um, I loved I loved seeing all of these like minor characters, including like Bill Skarsgård, I think is his name from uh, from It as uh he was zeitgeist whose power is to essentially he vomits acid but I thought that it was it was great it was really funny it took the time to like show you all these characters and give them like snippets of who they are um and there's a moment when they're in like their little uh helicopter and they're talking about like getting psyched up for the uh for the mission and Deadpool like takes this moment he's like I'm just I'm so proud of you guys and I'm really I'm really happy about this I'm really happy that we like all came together and I finally like I have a team I have a family and immediately I'm like oh, something's gonna bat something bad's gonna happen to them. Oh god And they talk about like oh, there's a lot of like heavy winds right now There's like a wind advisory like I don't know if we should like be parachuting in like this and Deadpool of course ignores it and they all jump out and because of the wind they are just taken out one by one they are slaughtered and it's so sad Um, Terry Cruz's bedlam goes through a bus window um, Shatterstar and I can't remember the actor's name and I feel awful because this actor is really good Um, he ends up getting (laughs) uh, blown by the wind into helicopter blades from a different helicopter Uh, so he's killed um, Zeitgeist is blown straight into a wood chipper, which I was like, oh god, that's awful. And then um, the only one who really like makes it down well is uh, is Peter, who like lands. He's like, oh yeah. And then he goes to try and help Zeitgeist get out of this wood chipper. And Zeitgeist, because he's being like essentially shredded, throws up on Peter, kills Peter with the acid, and then he dies. And then uh oh god, oh Vanisher. Oh my god. I almost didn't even talk about Vanisher. Vanisher amazing. So they talk about they recruit Vanisher to the team and his mutant power is that he's invisible, but he can't turn it off. So there's when they all jump out of the uh, of the helicopter vanisher is it's just just represented by just this parachute and you just see this parachute pack like jump off and it's so Funny because you don't see him but then because of the wind he gets blown into these power lines and it shocks and kills him And in that moment you see it's a blink and you miss a thing But it's Brad Pitt Brad Pitt was playing vanisher and it was so good because Brad Pitt was one of the rumored um was one of the uh, on the shortlist for rumored to play Cable. They even did concept art of him. But I loved that they went that he came back for this and did this cameo as Vanisher. It was really well done. Really just Oh, it was so good. It was so good. But so essentially, like all of X Force dies except for uh, Deadpool and Domino because of course she's lucky. And I was really I was sad to see them all go I was surprised they killed Peter because they made such a point about like Deadpool calling him Sugar Bear and just playing up how ordinary he was that I didn't think anything bad was going to happen to him but they killed him and I was just I was I was surprised but um, overall I thought X Force was really well done, and I'm looking forward to an actual X Force movie, which with an actual team in it. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode about um, about comics catch up, uh, I mentioned in honorable mentions that Uncanny X Force uh, by Rick Remender is my favorite X Force team, and X Force run, and one of my favorite just comic runs of all time. So if you want something to get you. Kind of in the zone for what X Force actually is. Definitely pick that up. But yeah, so uh, Deadpool was amazing. I had a really fun time. I think the ending where they kind of all essentially walk into the sunset together. They solve everything. They avert the disaster of a um, fire fist killing the the uh, the headmaster of this orphanage that abuses mutant children. Um, was great and I loved <laughs> I loved that Dopinder got his kill because the entire film Dopinder is like oh, I want to learn how to kill people um, and he finally at the end um, they're kind of walking away and they're letting this headmaster live and he's just like you know there will be vengeance upon you in a very like almost like direct like almost really direct like southern like Baptist whatever like oh you will be purified way and then just the dopinder's cab just comes flying through the side of the screen and just wastes him i was the entire audience like gasped and like cheered it was it was hilarious but um i really liked that they kind of established like deadpool as a family now all of these people who are here are here for him and he has a place to belong and I loved, loved the uh, the sacrifice that Cable made because that's who Cable is. Cable is a selfless character. And after averting Firefist's Fist, Fire future, uh, De- or uh, Cable has been carrying around his daughter's charred um, his her charred teddy bear because Firefist killed uh, his family, roasted them alive, and The way that they knew that the future was fixed was the teddy bear shifted and became unburned. So Cable knew that his family was safe. And his time travel device only had one more charge to essentially, and he says this earlier in the film kind of foreshadowing, um, he had two charges, one to come back to the present, and then one more charge to get him home. And he, after uh, Deadpool dies, which is which was completely Cable's fault, by the way, um, Deadpool uses the uh, the mutant restrictor, restrictor, uh, restricting restrictor uh, restricting abilities collar to shut off his healing factor, and uh, Cable shoots at Fire Fist. Deadpool jumps in the way, takes the bullet, and has like. A really interesting death scene. I think the death scene went just a touch too long, maybe like 30 seconds to a minute too long, which all being fair, he did mention like, oh man, this is going really long. Um, it, was, it was interesting, and it was profound, and I thought it was um, an interesting way to kill him, and I thought, oh, they're really really gonna like... they're really gonna kill him. And he... He was. Um, <laughs> he had a wonderful, wonderful moment where he dies, and then um, Cable makes the sacrifice play. He sacrifices the opportunity to go live happily ever after with his family, and he jumps back and gives Cable, or he gives Deadpool um, the token from the opening of uh, the film, because uh, he originally gives uh, the token for it's basically a skee-ball token to Vanessa for like their anniversary gift and Cable ends up pocketing it after they have a fight and it ends up falling out of Deadpool's uh, Deadpool's pouches I guess and uh, Cable puts it right in the place where he ends up shooting Deadpool so that on the second go-around of the events when he shoots Deadpool the token takes the bullet so he's saved he shows firefist that people care about him and cable decides you know i'm i'm gonna stay here my family's safe that's all i focused on and i'm gonna stay around here and make sure that things kind of stay good for them uh which i thought was great and i mean it is kind of like lazy writing when it comes to like him kind of doing the get around to save him and deciding like oh I'm gonna stay here but I that it means that we get more cable and I'm always down for that so I really enjoy the film and um, yeah I guess that's that's it for me there's really nothing else to talk about so um... no, nah, I'm just kidding we gotta talk about that mid creds mid credit sequence because it was hilarious So basically what happens is that he... (laughs) Um, It's focused kind of on uh, Yukio and uh, Negasonic fixing uh, Cable's time travel device. And they talk about like, oh, Cable's not gonna like this, and Deadpool's like, no, 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 it's, it's fine, it's fine. So they fix it, they give it to Deadpool, and Deadpool's like, all right, let's do this, and he leaves. And immediately Negasonic's like, oh God, what have we done? And the entire sequence is just so fun because like it shows him going back and essentially saving Vanessa. Kind of like making this entire film a moot point. I don't know if the events of this film now didn't happen or did happen or whether it's like multiverse or whatever it might be. But uh, he goes back and he saves Vanessa, awesome, great. And then um, he jumps back again, and we see. <laughs> I was I was openly like guffawing in the theater when this happened. They showed Deadpool from X Men Origins Wolverine, the awful Baraka from Mortal Kombat style Deadpool, and the, our like our Deadpool, the good Deadpool, just comes up and just shoots him in the head, shoots him multiple times, and it's showing like. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine from that film, which I thought was a funny nod, and like they clearly were just using like stock footage, but like he's just like watching him, and Deadpool's like, "Hey, it's me, it's me, it's Deadpool, it's it, it's 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 the good, it's the good one," and then he just shoots him a couple times. He's like, "You're welcome," and he just leaves, and he oh he says like, "Nope, just you know cleaning up the timelines, no we're, no big deal," and, <laughs> and um he goes back, and it even shows. Like Ryan Reynolds, like Ryan Reynolds himself sitting in his home office and like holding up a script He's like welcome to the big leagues kid And it pans around and it shows it's the Green Lantern script and then Deadpool just shoots Ryan Reynolds so it was Oh man, it was overall. It was just it was so so fun And I think it was a great way to kind of send off uh, the film whether it continues forward with x-force or whether it kind of um dies when i should say if not when if the uh, disney fox merger ends up happening um this could either be like a just a greatest hits run around like kind of ending the cycle thing for deadpool or it could end up being you know something to go forward because uh depending on whether uh, Marina Baccarin wants to come back for, if there is a Deadpool 3 or if it goes forward, she can either, she can come back because Deadpool saved her in the mid-credit scene or if she doesn't want to come back, she doesn't have to come back because that could easily just be like a multiverse thing and I think the implications of that are interesting and I think that it really was a great little button on uh, the both Deadpool movies. So I'm gonna go ahead and wrap that up here. Overall, like I said, a whole lot of fun. The movie was amazing. I had such a great time with it. Hope you did too, uh, both watching the movie and listening to this. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you enjoyed the movie, if you've seen the movie yet, what your favorite parts were. Uh, feel free to tweet at me, at Explained Pod, that's at Explained P-O-D, on Twitter. Uh, tweet at me, let me know what you thought of the film uh, yeah <laughs> would love to talk to you guys, would love to start discussions and be able to just kind of like discuss how much we love this movie uh, it was, it was great, it was exactly what we needed at this point and overall, just just Go see it. If you have seen it, go see it again. I'm definitely going to go see it again. So, I hope you enjoyed this uh, Geek Explained extra. We will be right back here on Wednesday for another full episode of Geek Explained. So, for Geek Explained, this is Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. You're still here. It's over. Go home. You expecting Sam Jackson show up with a eye patch and a saucy little leather number? Go.